Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. All right, so um, listen to this. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, verse 12, it says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when desire comes, it's a tree of life. How many knows this? When God says when we get a promise, there's going to be a time between you hear it and when you receive it. How many knows this? Have you ever been called out and somebody prophesied over your life and you leave that place? My God, this is fixing to happen only to go through a time, right? Bishop Joseph Garlington says this, that we go from glory to glory. How many knows that's a promise in the Word? We're not decreasing, but what increasing, right? Regardless of what CNN says, Fox News says, the kingdom of God is increasing every day. Because he set forth in Isaiah, he said, for the kingdom, for the increase of this kingdom, there shall be no end. It's increasing every day, right? Just because we don't see it happening in South Georgia don't mean it's not happening, right? China, they're getting born in by the thousands every day, coming into the kingdom. Africa, they're coming into the kingdom by the thousands every day. You and I just live in, the, live in the land of lax and ease. I'm thankful for America, though. I mean, thankful for America. I've been on the foreign soil. Praise God. I'm glad for America. But we go from glory to glory, and Bishop Joseph Garlington says, in between the glory and glory is gory. So there's a time between we receive the word. We know that, uh, that Joseph, the Bible says that until the world was until the world was word was fulfilled, the word of the Lord tested him. So the Bible says what in Proverbs thirteen twelve? Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when desire comes, it's a tree of life. And if um, one thing he likens the promise unto a tree. God wants to give us the big thing, but a lot of times He gives us, he, he, when we pray for the oak tree, He gives us the acorn. It's how we handle and steward the acorn. But, but listen, the, the oak tree is in the acorn. Come on now. Everything we're praying for, listen, what I know about God, God doesn't waste anything in our lives. Everything in our lives is a process to get us to where we're trying to go. Every job that we thought was a failure, God doesn't waste anything. It's in the process. Come on now. Every relationship that we thought was going to be there forever, it's, it's, it's all in a process of God getting us to, to the destination. We just want to jump in the car and go straight there. But God's building us as He takes us there, right? The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6 and 12, says to fight the good fight of faith. Listen, if you're ever going to see a promise fulfilled in your life, you've got to be a fighter. Come on now. You can't be, you can't be some wimpy, give-up type of person you got to lock on to it and you got to go after it with your whole heart. Because everything in life is going to tell you that the opposite is happening what God said. If God said He's going to bless you financially, you're probably going to go through a season of lack. But listen, He's going to give you opportunity to lay down on the Word. But if you won't lay down on the Word, but work the Word and believe the Word against all odds. The Bible says it like this in Romans chapter 4. Against all hope, Abraham and Sarah believed. Come on now, I'm trying to wake you up. Oh Lord, we love you, Jesus. Lift your hands. Father, we love you in this house this morning. We love you in this house this morning. Oh, Holy One, we love you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you, God, that you are in the business of fulfilling the promises that you have over our lives. 
We just say this morning we're not giving up, but we will latch on. We will fight the good fight of faith. We will rise to the occasion, God. And we thank you for the promise over our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. I feel the Holy Ghost coming in this building. John, uh, Joshua chapter 10, you there? I'm good right there. I'm good, thank you. All right, Joshua chapter 10, you there? Now, what did we just find right here? We said the first Timothy chapter 6, verse 12 says what? To fight the good fight of faith, right? Let's look at that verse of Scripture before we turn. Just hold on to Joshua right there, and let's look at this uh, verse of Scripture. I want to read it right here. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Look at this. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. You and I are called believers for a reason. That means we're going to have to believe. This is called what? The walk of faith, right? I mean... You tell sick people we're going to anoint you with oil. There's no healing in the oil. Right? That's olive oil up here, right? There's no healing in the oil, but the faith is not in the oil. The faith is actually in the Word of God, which says in James 5, 14, that they call upon the elders, what, of the church, that they may anoint the sick, that they shall recover, right? So what, how, faith is the currency of heaven. We, Junior said this, and we've been preaching about this. Listen, everything that Jesus said he was going to do, he's already done. So we're working from a place of a finished work. How many? I, I like to watch wrestling when I was younger. It was actually cleaner back then, you know, with Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan, all these ones, you know what I'm saying? Listen, and we were so worked up that wrestling come on once a week, right? And, you know, there's going to be a title match, and we was, you know, we was just all worked up. Listen, the fight was already decided before they went into the ring. Come on now. They knew who was going to win. We just didn't know who was going to win. And we couldn't take the fact that it wasn't real. We thought people getting hit in the head with the chairs, all that was real. You know what I'm saying? So listen, the fight that you and I are in has already been fixed. The outcome has already been determined. You've got to believe this now. Are you with me now? See, if you don't believe that you already, you're already winning, you're going to cave in. But if you know that you've already won, you won't cave in. It's just, a, it's just only a matter of time until you see it manifest in this realm. It has already been finished in the realm of heaven, but it is not finished in the earth. So therefore, God needs someone to stand in faith in the earth and declare what he's already done. Now, I told you this, that uh, me being the dad of three boys, if I'm going to arrange a fight for my sons, you better believe I'm going to get somebody they can whip. Any good dad that's going to arrange a fight has the full assurance before the son gets to the fight that he's capable of winning. So the fact that you're in the fight called faith, God has full assurance that he has equipped you to win the fight that you're in. All right, now let's look at this. I want to go to Joshua uh, chapter 10. I'm going to bring a few things out of here. And um, in the next 30 minutes, if I can't raise your faith, then uh, we'll go home, okay? But I got confidence that God's going to do something. We're going to pray over some things. I want to tell you two stories um, in that. Joshua chapter 10. So, the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. You got to fight for your right, okay? 
Look at this. In Joshua 10, verse 16. But these five kings, Joshua's in the, he's, he's, he's in the process of taking the promised land. In the process of taking the promised land, five kings rise up against him to hold him, to try to get him to hold out the promised land. Listen to me this morning. I'm going to talk about these five kings. If you're ever going to possess your promised land, you're going to have to learn how to defeat five kings. Every one of us is fighting five kings. What are the five kings you're fighting? Your natural man and your natural senses. You're going to have to beat the king of smell. You're going to have to beat the king of hearing. You're going to have to beat the king of seeing. Touch. Well, it's just the way I feel. Listen, your feelings are a lie, I tell you. Oh, Jesus, help me. I'm saying help me because I need it. Come on now. So we've got to defeat the five kings. Let's look at this. But these five kings had fled and hid themselves in a cave. And it was told Joshua, saying, The five kings have, found, uh, have, have, have been found hidden in the cave. So Joshua said, uh, you said, well, he skipped that word. I skipped it on purpose. If you can't pronounce it, skip it. That's what daddy said. So Joshua said, roll large stones against the mouth at the cave and set them by it to, a guard, to guard them. And do not stay there yourselves, but pursue your enemies and attack the rear guard. And do not allow them to enter their city, for the Lord your God had delivered them into your hand. <clears throat> then it happened while Joshua and the children of Israel made an end of the slaying with the, with the very great slaughter till they had finished that those who escaped entered fortified cities. And all the people returned to the camp to Joshua and, the, and in peace so no one moved his tongue against any of the children of Israel. Then Joshua said, open the mouth of the cave and bring out those five kings to me from the cave. And they did so and brought out those five kings uh, to him from the cave and the king of uh, Jerusalem the king of Hebron, the king of Jermoth, and the king of Lachish, and, of, and the king of Eglon. And so it was that when they brought out those kings to Joshua, that Joshua called for all the men of Israel and said to the captains of the men of war who went with him, Come near, put your foot, put your feet on the necks of these kings. And they drew near and put their feet on their necks. Then Joshua said to them, Do not be afraid or dismayed. That word dismayed means to fall apart. Listen, what the enemy desires us to do in between the promise and until when we receive it and when we get to it is he desires us to fall apart. You can't fall apart, friend. Come on now. And if you are a slave to your five senses, I can guarantee you this, you will fall apart. You'll fall apart. He said, look at this. He said, be not, dis, uh, be not dismayed. Don't fall apart. Be strong and of good courage. For thus the Lord will do to all your enemies against whom you fight. Now, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7 that we walk by faith, not by sight. Listen, we've got to learn how in America to raise our faith that our faith is just in the word of God. We go by feeling so much whether we feel the Lord in the service or not. It's easy to pray for the sick after we've done worship for an hour and a half and we've all walking around with goosebumps. But let me say this. They're not healed because we feel the goosebumps. They're healed by faith and faith in the word of God. We've got to learn how to have faith in the word when we're in Piggly Wiggly with nothing, no worship's going on. Hello, when Kenny Chesney's being played in the background, we still believe that the word works in this atmosphere and outside of there. Let me say this, a gospel that doesn't work outside the walls of this church is no gospel at all. So, 
when we're trying to move in faith, the natural man don't understand faith. He understands, well, if I can't see it, then I don't believe it. Well, Matt said this, and we learned this on the Polar Express. Hello. You ever seen the Polar Express? Lord. I mean, people ain't going to say nothing. The Polar Express, where the train come picks the kids up, takes them to see Santa Claus. And they say that, that seeing is not believing, but believing is seeing. You have to see it here. You have to see it here before you will ever see it here. God saw it here before he ever saw it out there. Are you with me? We have to see it here because if you don't see it here, you, you won't never talk about it. The fact that you start talking about the vision tells me that you believe the vision. Because now because faith is rising out of your heart and matching your speech, right? Out of the abundance of the heart, the what? The mouth speaketh. So if we listen to us talk long enough, we see where we're living in faith or fear. Right? Fear attracts the enemy. Faith attracts God. Come on now. All right. So let's look at this. So it says we're to walk by faith, not by sight. Regardless of what our senses are saying, we stay in faith. Now if I receive a word that God is about to bless me financially, God's about to blow the socks off of me financially. And let's just say I'm scheduled to get a raise Three weeks after the word comes, probably my faith is going to be real high because I believe that in three weeks we're fixing to get the raise that we felt like we're due. But what happens when the raise doesn't come the way we thought it did? That's when hope starts getting deferred. That's when things begin to fall apart. That's when we have to gather our thoughts that, listen, the, the promotion doesn't come from the north. Promotion doesn't come from the south. Promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. But promotion comes from God, right? Amen. Hello. And it doesn't matter if we've, done, we've got the promise of a child and we're done 99 years old and 75 years old or 150 years old. If God said it, God said it would happen. And my deal is to stay in faith until I see it happen, right? Right? So let's look at this. I'm going to go through these, try to do them as quick as we can. But, um, all right, let's look at this. Right here, smell. Look at uh, John chapter 11, verse 39. You're going to have to put your foot on your five senses. You're just going to have to do it. How many knows if you were here on Wednesday night, we talked about that God's in the business of, of bringing us around things to... He'll put us stuff in our lane to expose what stuff's in our heart, right? I didn't know I was going to be the first candidate. <laughs> then I get this word on my phone, you know, and, uh, 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 of a guy. He hardly ever texts me or whatever. But anyhow, he said that I was praying this morning. He said, you remember that word that uh, I told you about a year ago? And uh, he said, well, that word came back up to me, exposure. See, we hear that and we think that God's going to you know, show the playboys under the bed and all of that. But God's in the business of exposing the lies that you believe in your own heart. 
Hello. The insecurity, the envy, the jealousy, all of this, he's, he's come, he bumps into us so that we can get it out, right? So it's a good thing that we see it because before we, if we didn't see it, we wouldn't know it exists, right? And so anyhow, so I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but Stanton and I uh, and, and Matt, we go in a place and so I, call, I cut up with Stanton and call him Junior Bishop. So Junior Bishop is there. And then uh, all of a sudden, I, I run into this individual. And so, um, and, and, and my blood pressure drops. You know what I'm saying? And so this is not a person that I have a horrible relationship with. It's just a, it's just a lie that's in my heart that I believe. It's amazing what we can believe, right? Um, and so that anyhow, and so, and this is nothing but fear. This fear almost wrecks my meal. The fear just comes all over me. How many's ever felt that presence of fear, right? Does anybody... I tell you, like, you ever, like, back home in Jessup where we got the big Ottawa Hall River or whatever, and there's tons of river bottom in there. Now, let me tell you something. You go deer hunting in there, and you back in there good ways, and at dark, I mean, there's all kind of critters living. You know what I'm saying? And that feeling that starts coming on, you know, and you coming out, and you ain't got nothing but a flashlight. That, that feeling of fear. But listen, fear, fear simply is, is, is faith in the wrong kingdom. It's, it's faith in the wrong kingdom, Right? And so we said this, that we know this, that according to 2 Timothy 1 and 7, for God has not given us, it doesn't say, it didn't say that God has not given us fear. It says, for the Lord has not given us a spirit. So, it's, so it defines what it is. It's not a feeling, it's a spirit. Listen, and this spirit rises up just like we talked about religion that prevents us from going into a new season. Fear will rise up and get us from going into a new season. Because we're more safe in this season than to advance in a new season. Listen, it's just like when seasons begin to shift, there's more structure to support the previous system. When we were coming out of the agricultural age into the industrial age, there was more structure to support the agricultural than there were the industrial. It was great if you had a Model A Ford, but they didn't have shops to work on them. It wasn't a gas station every few miles. So it took long for the it took a while for the structure to meet what was happening. So fear a lot of times comes on us to prevent us from moving into the destiny that God has for our life. Now, so we talked about the five senses. You're there in John chapter eleven. Let's talk about smell. Now think about this. This is the story where Jesus is going to raise Lazarus from the dead. They had already told him that Lazarus was sick. He stayed another couple of days in the city where he was at. And then he tells the disciples, we've got to get back because, uh, because Lazarus is, is sick. Well, they send, well, he tells them that Lazarus is dead. Now think about this. Now I'm, let's bring this up because you can't understand. The stories are not in the Bible just for a story. Now we believe this can happen today. Does anybody, I got four people probably really believe this in here. Probably if you called a call to go to a funeral home to go raise the dead, you probably limited that down to two. How many believe that God raises the dead? I'm asking again, how many believe that God raises the dead? How many wants to go to wherever a funeral home is to try it? Listen, God raises the dead. So Jesus gets there and he, Martha runs out to him first and then Mary and he gives them this story that I am the resurrection and the life. He didn't say I will be. He didn't say that I used to be. He said I am the resurrection and the life, right? Now, Jesus goes to him and, and in this verse of scripture in John eleven thirty nine, 39, he says, roll the stone away. 
When they tell him to roll the stone away, Martha hollers out, Lord, he's been dead four days. The stench is going to overwhelm you. What Jesus had to do in that moment was put his, his foot on the neck of the king of smell and say, I refuse to allow what's going into my nostrils to contradict who I said I was. And he speaks a word into that situation and says, Lazarus, come forth out of that grave. Listen, if you're going to attain the promise, there will be days that everything in you, in your natural man, contradicts everything in the world, contradicts the word that God said you would have. But that is that moment that you have to rise up and say you know what God is not a man that he should lie if he said it I believe it and the promises of God are yes in Christ Jesus it's not no it's not maybe it's not maybe it could be it is yes in Christ Jesus and you have to rise up to that place with your faith now let's look at this I'm going to have to preach a lot of these you're going to have to just trust that I'm in the word in Daniel chapter 3 there's a story of the three Hebrew boys. Remember Nebuchadnezzar had a golden image that he wanted them to bow down and worship. And he said, whoever doesn't bow down and worship this image, I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. How many remembers that story, right? Uh, when I first started out in ministry, I was up under a guy's name was Billy Mack. And we used to cut up and say Shadrach, Meshach, and Billy Mack was thrown into the fire. But so Nebuchadnezzar gets ticked off. And they tell him this story. They said, you know what? Listen. We're never, we're never going to bow down and worship this image. And let it be known to you that we believe that God is more than able to deliver us from the fire. But if he's not, if he chooses not to, we're not going to bow down and worship that. So he cranks the thing up as hard as it'll go. Takes, these guys are bound. They're, they're bound. They're thrown into the fire. And as they're thrown into the fire, the two men that took them out there, however many men took them out there to throw them into the fire, the fire consumed them. And so as they're thrown into the fire, they look down and they said, you know what, we threw, how many did we throw in the fire? Well, we threw three men in the fire. Well, there's one that appears, there's a fourth man now walking in the fire. Listen to me. There's a fourth man now working, walking in the fire who has the appearance as the Son of God. Listen, that was the literal Son of God walking down in the fire, right? And so the things that bound them come off in the fire. Now, I want, to, I, want to, I want you to look at this verse of Scripture. In Daniel chapter 3, verse uh, 37, it says that, that, the, that they... Let's look at this in Daniel chapter 3, verse 27. I thought I wrote it down, but I didn't. Look right. Can you turn there with me right quick? Daniel chapter 3, verse 27. It says this... Look at this, in the rattle traps. Is that what it says in verse 27? And the rattle traps administrators and governors, sat traps, and the administrators and governors and the king and counselors gathered together and they saw that these men on the bodies that the fire had no power. Look at this. And the hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. Listen to me, you got to get this. What the enemy tries to do with your sense of smell is to make you smell like the trial you're going through. Gosh, this is good. I'm telling you, it's far better than you sleepy. I mean, just can't get it together this morning, but just that's all right. If I can help two people out, I feel like I did my job today, okay? Listen, I said that the smell, the smell was not on their clothes. It's amazing how many people go through a trial and because they smelled it one time, years later, they still caught up in the smell and you can't get over that 
get over that issue. Come on, somebody. Listen, because you went through a divorce, that doesn't mean who you are, and it doesn't mean you have to stay there. Come on. The smell of it ain't got to get on you. Come on now. Just because you went bankrupt one time, that doesn't mean that God's plans are over with and the word's over with in your life. Hello. Just because you have one miscarriage doesn't mean that the word's over with in your life. Don't let the smell of that thing get on you. Put your foot on that and say, regardless, I don't care if I had 15 miscarriages. God said I was going to give birth. So therefore, I believe the word of God and I refuse to believe what my natural man and my natural eyes are telling me. Hello. You got to rise up. The Bible said the kingdom of heaven suffer violent and the violent take it by force. Matthew 11, 12. This walk of faith, you can't, I mean, you can't be a pansy just sitting there. Well, you know, if God wants to do it, he's going to bring it in my lane. Hello. If we would have, if I would have believed that, I'd never be where I'm at today. Well, let me say this. You believe that and the doctor comes in and tells you you got cancer, your faith just changed, I guarantee you. Now you're going to become aggressive. Right? All right. Not the smell of it. I, I, it says not, e- not even the smell of smoke's on their clothes. Can't even smell nothing in their hair. The enemy tries to use your natural senses to keep you off the word. It's by faith, right? Let's keep going right here. Feeling. You all got feelings. You got to learn how to keep your feelings under control, right? Well, man, ain't they just, they just touchy. I mean, they can wear their feelings on the sleeve. That will keep us away from the promises of God. Because I guarantee you these days you wake up, you don't feel saved. I don't wake up every Sunday morning and say, man, I feel like, I mean a preacher, man. I feel like a pew jumping, devil dumping, fire baptized, demon casting out, man of God. Do y'all wake up like that? Do you wake up on your job every morning ready to go hold up hell with a water pistol? I'm ready to prophesy anybody comes in my lane, cast out devils, anybody come in my lane. No. That's why the book of Ephesians gives three different categories. Starts out with running. The middle is walking. Finally, he ends it in Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, brother, when you've done all you know to do to stand. <laughs> There's times you're just standing, hanging on. Am I the only one in the building? Hello? There's times we run and there's times we walk and sometimes we just holding on like a loose tooth saying, God, come through and do something. So, the feelings. Now, look at this. In Genesis chapter 27, this is the story where Isaac is wanting to bless Esau, but Rebecca overhears the conversation and she lines up Jacob to get the blessing instead of Esau, right? Remember that Esau was a hairy man. He was a hunter. And she, and, and she heard Isaac tell him to go out in the field and get me some wild game. Damon preaches that good, don't he? God's looking for something wild. Out of a domesticated church, he's looking for something wild. That's another message. So go get me some wild game. Go kill it, cook it, and bring it back. Right? So she hears that, and then she says, I'm going to fix your father a meal the way he likes it. But Jacob said that my brother is hairy, and I'm, I'm, I've got smooth skin. How, how am I going to do it? So she said, we're going to take the goat that you're going to kill. We're going to take the skin, put it on your skin, and then we're going to, we're going to deceive your father, and you're going to get the blessing. Now, the Bible says that Jacob's, I mean, that Isaac was, was old. He's, he's older here. And in verse 22, uh, he said that he, he felt 
of Jacob's skin, and he says, um, your voice is the voice of Jacob, but your skin feels like Esau. Listen, you can't go by what you feel. You got to go by what you hear. God, I'm trying to help you. Lord, trying to prime the old well, prime the old well. You can't go by what you feel. Well, I don't feel healed. How many, I wonder how many people get healed in the altar right here and then because the symptom comes, you better believe that the symptom's coming back. Hello. If I pray for your back and you know what I'm saying, and you, this is why I learned this through Randy Clark and them. They don't, how many people have been 100% healed? You never hear them raise their hand for that. You ne- I mean, you never hear them give that. They say, how many people feel different than the way you come in this building? Right? Because if, listen, if you're 20% better, if you will hold on to that in faith, you will be 100% better. Are you with me? So here's the deal. We pray in faith, right? We pray in faith and all of a sudden the back, I mean, you feel a little different, whatever. You can, you can count on this. I'm just trying to tell you I've been around long enough to know that probably tomorrow sometime that symptom's coming right back. And what the enemy is trying to get you to do is to come in agreement with what you feel instead of what you heard. And when you come into agreement with what you felt and say, well, I didn't get it, you gave him a foothold right there. Are you with me now? Instead of what you heard, when you feel that symptom, the Bible says that when a demon comes out of a man, it goes through the dry places and then it says, I will return back to my house. You gotta be trained and say, listen, this is not your house anymore. Did you not see the posted sign down the street? Listen, this ain't the temple of the devil. This is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Hello? You can't go by what you feel. If I went by feeling today, I'd get in my truck and not look back. Hello. I'd go home and say, pack the suitcase. Let's go to California. At least there's a move of God somewhere. You can't go by your feeling. You got to go by the voice of God. You got to go by the voice. Why do you go by the voice? Because faith, Romans 10, 17 says, faith come by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. That doesn't mean that you go put the CD of the word of God in your tape player right there and you just sitting there listening to the Bible and faith comes. That's not what it's saying. It says faith come by hearing. Faith comes by hearing, the ability to hear. And the ability to hear what? The word of God. When you recognize the voice of God, faith comes by that. Faith comes by what? Hearing. It doesn't come, faith comes by hearing. Faith comes through the hearing ear. And the hearing ear is developed what? Through the word of God. That's why you got to read the word of God. Hello, you can't leave your Bible on the shelf collecting dust. Come on, somebody. Lord God, help me right here. Why do I read the Bible? So I can develop and learn how to hear. Because when God talks to me, he's going to talk his book to me. Hello? He don't come to talk to Georgia sportsmen, tell me if the crap is biting. Although I thought about that, a many times in the tree stand, I've quoted this, God, you said we got authority. I command the 12-point buck right now that's bedded up in this hollow back. I command him to get on his feet right now and walk out here. I've yet to have that to happen. But I believe it. I'm staying in faith. <laughs> I wonder if we're going to get to hunt them in heaven. Shoot them. You know what I'm saying? Take a shoot him or whatever. Go back up and see him resurrect. Hey, tomorrow, would you come by about this time? We'll shoot you again. 
Because I'll be able to talk to him face to face. That's a whole other story. Right? I'll be able to talk to the deer. I'll be able to get my... We get on Dr. Doolittle. See, I just lost him again right there. I do know this, enough to know this. In Genesis, the snake talked to Eve face to face. And he was walking upright. Hello, he wasn't crawling on his belly. He was walking upright. John Bennett was down at the pond, whatever, and he'd run up out the edge of his moccasin down there. We wish they still walked upright, don't you? Six-foot rattlesnake. There he is back on the backside of the field. They were talking, right? So we know that after the curse, he got put on his belly, right? In some kind of way that their mouth was sealed up. How do we know it was sealed up? Because remember when Balaam was on the donkey, right? God said he loosed the mouth. He reversed the curse off the donkey, and the donkey turned around and spoke to Balaam. All right. See, if we wouldn't let dust get on there, there's a lot of good things in the Bible. You can't go by your feelings. Look at your neighbor and say, don't go by your feelings. I know the way you feel. Don't go by them. Listen to this. See, you can't go by what you see. This is what I tell Matt. This is everywhere we've been. It's not, not just here. Sometimes you can't preach looking at the people's faces. I've seen it all. You're preaching your guts out. You can't go by what you see. You got to go by what you believe God's telling you. Hello. And just because Uncle Johnny's done fell out in a coma asleep, you got to believe little Johnny needs what you're preaching. See, our job's just to put it in and scatter the seed. It's the Holy Ghost's job to feed you. He's in here chunking out the grain. Somebody in here needing pizza, he'll give you pizza. Somebody in here can't, can't handle nothing but a little bit of chopped up peas, he'll drop that in. We just a job to put it in to preach it. All right, so you can't go by, you can't go by seeing. How many knows in Genesis 37, this is the story where Joseph believed in a dream. And his daddy kind of favored Joseph a little bit because he had him a coat created of many colors, which set him apart from the rest. And Joseph, man, I mean, he's, he's hanging out with God. God's filling his heart with his dream that his brothers and his daddy's going to bow down to him. He shares it with his brothers. His brothers don't like the dream. So they get him out or whatever, and they, they, sell, they put Joseph in a pit, right? Well, we got to tell daddy something. Something happened. So they kill an animal and take Joseph's coat of many colors and put the animal's blood on the, on the coat, right? And so they come back and they tell Jacob that they're in their well and oh gosh, I mean, was out in the field and an animal came and he took Joseph's life. And Jacob looked at the coat. He looked at the coat. And this is what the Bible says. And I'm going to quote you the scripture, okay? Because we got, we got one person that's going to take notes. Genesis 37 verse uh, 33 says, Jacob said, without a doubt, Without a doubt, Joseph has been torn into pieces. Without a doubt means perfect faith. He had perfect faith in a lie that jo Joseph was not dead. He believed what his eyes was telling him. 
Why are you preaching this? Because a doctor's going to bring some x-rays and at that moment, you got the choice to believe what's on that screen or believe the word of God. I'm not saying you doubt what's on the screen. I'm not saying you fake it till you make it. I'm saying but what the doctor shows you is not elevated above the word of God. Hello? All truth is not created equal. All truth is not the same and it's not created equal. Truth was, the lady had an issue of blood. was absolutely true. But the greater truth was, there's healing in the wing of his garment. Truth is, we got to have faith. Truth is, we got to have hope. But he said of these two truths, the greater is love. Hello. So, what do we believe? What well, the doctor says, it don't look good. Now, let's just be honest. Most of us in here battle when, I mean, I forget what the deal is, but it's like 75,000 something negative words or something we hear of self-talk every day. This is how you talk to yourself subconsciously. You're fat, you're bald-headed, you're ugly, you ain't going to make it. The church is dead. You might as well come to, you might as well just come to reality. These people dead as a hammer. They ain't coming back. I mean, it just, this is before you got out of bed. You ain't brushed your teeth yet. Now you got up and you, you, and you got a pain in your back. You're probably dying with cancer. That's stage four. That's tumor in the back. You ain't even, you, now you're through brushing your teeth. Now you're trying to get out the door. Your wife's probably going to leave you. Your kid's going to act up. You know the boy ain't living right. All this has happened subconsciously. Am I, come on. And then you turn on CNN. The world's coming to an end. <laughs> Russia's coming down. <laughs> Then we try to get in the truck. Then you ain't got, you, you, don't, you don't got praise and worship on in the truck. You got Luke Bryan. I'm just going to sit here and drink a beer. Now I'm showing up on a job and I'm supposed to be a representation of the kingdom. Then a coworker comes up and says, man, I don't know if we're going to make it. Oh, I don't know if we're going to make it either, brother. I'm telling you. We folded up what little bit we got. We eat the last meal tonight. We dying. We're going on. Hello. And we wonder why the world ain't running into the church. Hello. He believed what his eyes was telling him. He had perfect faith in a lie. Listen, I don't doubt that doctor may be prescribing me the best thing that he knows how. Are you with me? I don't understand why we bury some. I don't got that figured out. But what I do refuse is to lower my theology to my level of experience. Instead of raising my experience to meet my level of theology. I'm not going to go into some funeral home and tell them, you know, well, that was just God's will that they leave out. And I understand we have to balance things out here. There's, there, how precious is the death in the sight of the saints? I do believe that maybe some do finish their race in their 40s and 30s. I don't understand that. But I know God don't waste anything. Because I'm going to give you a story of a race ending at 28 years of age that, that looked like unexplainable. All right. 2 Kings chapter 6. Elisha's there. The Syrians have come up to attack them. 
Elisha's servant said, this is it. We're through. We're outnumbered. Elisha is calm in a, in, a, in a place of peace. Right? Come on now. He's in a place of peace. And he says this. He says, Father, I pray that you open up his eyes that he may see. And the scripture says when he opened up his eyes in 2 Kings chapter 6 that he looked into the mountains and the mountains were covered with chariots of fire and angelic host of heaven. And he says, for surely God has delivered them into our hands. Listen, what you got to know is there's far more for you than there's against you. Notice that he didn't look to the ground level. When you're in a trial, the enemy tries to keep our eyes on the earth. They wasn't sitting in the earth. They were sitting up in the mountains at the high place. We got to lift our eyes to the hills which cometh our strength. Are you with me now? What you see? What do you see? Now here's the next thing. What you hear, I done went in this. I can bet you this. That's why you got to keep faith people in your camp. I remember a guy over in, in Appling County where, where we, we used to minister a lot. His name was Billy, right? Yeah. Billy was diagnosed of leukemia. Doctor told his family, hey, this is it. He's not going to make it. I'm, I'm here to tell you he's not going to make it. He's ate up with it or whatever. What was this song by Kim Hill? that uh, You're Still Holy? You're Still Holy is a song by Kim Hill. He played it nonstop in his room. He told the doctor, he said, this way he said, he said, listen, I don't want to offend nobody or whatever. He said, but I will allow no one person to tell me that I'm going to die come in this room. If, you, I don't care, if you're my physician, you tell me I'm going to die, I will throw you out of this room. I'll get up and walk out of this room. But there will nobody tell me that I'm going to die in this room. That's right. Dr. Hagen, when he was a little boy, was give up to die. And he's in there and he can't even speak. Can't even hardly hear him speak. And he's laying on the bed. And the preacher comes by what should have been a representation of the kingdom. Hello. Comes by and said, you know, poor lad, I'm just so sorry for him or whatever. And Dr. Hagen said he could hear that coming out of that preacher's mouth. And he said he didn't even, he didn't even have the strength to stand up on that bed. But all that he could muster up and say, I'm not dead yet. If he would have believed the mouth of that preacher, he would have never did the work for the kingdom and he would have died. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to tell you, what do we got faith in? Do we got faith in the word of God or do we got faith in what we hear? Hello? You can't listen. You can't. I don't care if everybody on your street says you can't make it. You shut your door to that lying voice and say, listen, we are going to make it in the name of the Lord. I believe if God be for me, who in the world could ever be against me? I don't care if I have to fight my whole family. Not one, stand up there, lovely first lady. Not one person in our entire family is spirit filled. Had I would have listened to the voice that says you don't need tongues, you don't need to go to no Pentecostal church and act crazy, we would not be here today. Hello, somebody. Come on now, listen, but I was not willing to settle for grandma's religion. I wanted everything that God had for my life. Hello, somebody. Well, you don't need that, brother. You know, just go to granny's church. A lot of people go to church because their family name's painted on the end of the pew. 
I'll never forget years ago. I think it was years ago, Pastor Dale said somebody called here and wanted to come to church here wanted to know if it was a brick church or not. I don't give a riff if it's brick, vinyl, side, and what. I care what they believe going on in there. That's right. Amen. Be open air. As long as the kingdom's there, I'm there. Hearing. You got to put your foot on negative voices. So the first place your foot's got to go is usually probably on your own mouth. I'm talking about my household. Oh, we ain't going to make it. We're going to make it. Look at your neighbor and say, I got 100% confidence you're going to make it. If you saved, you're going to heaven. Well, let's settle that deal right now. Because religion told us we don't know if we're going to make it or not. When I was a little boy, people stood up in my church. Now, I was taken to a Pentecostal church when I was a little boy. But daddy couldn't handle the fire in the kitchen, so we had to go to Baptist church. Boy, I'm going to have to quit that. Lord, forgive me. And my sister, my oldest sister, she tell me this. You know, it's a, religion's an inward thing. It's not an outward thing. So I invited her to come to our church one night. I said, listen, it's safe. There ain't nobody going to be doing nothing crazy. Nobody's going to holler. <laughs> nobody's going to do nothing. We got a children's program tonight. And, and my sister's there. You know, I mean, everything is, I mean, we've got a children's crusade going on. I mean, it was probably safe tonight. I mean, nothing's going to happen while the power of God hits the place. <laughs> on my sister's row, my other first cousin, I mean, she starts screaming, oh! I mean, the whole nine yards. My sister looked like Freddy Cougar jumped out the room. <laughs> but she knew she got in the car and lived. I'm going to quit get off that. All right, quit listen. You got to go against the voices, the negative voices. You got to go against the voices. They're always going to be people around you that says you can't accomplish what you want to accomplish. How many people told the Wright brothers they'd never put the plane in the sky, but they didn't listen? Hello? How many people say, well, you know what? Y'all just down in South Georgia. South Georgia, there ain't nothing great. Listen, how many? they said nothing great could come out of Bethlehem, but it did. God loves small places. Elijah, in the midst of drought, three and a half years, nobody had seen no rain in three and a half years. Now let's be honest right here. If you ain't seen rain in three and a half years, you begin to doubt it's ever going to rain. Against all of that, he heard the sound of abundance of rain. Where? In him. When he sent a man to go look for the rain, the man come back and said, there ain't nothing happening. But he sent him again, go look. Because I refuse to hear what you're telling me because I hear the sound of abundance of rain. You hear the voice and you respond to the voice. Nehemiah, given the task of building a great wall every day, heard from Sambalad and Tobias, if you build this wall, even if you're able to accomplish it, what are you feeble Jews trying to come up with? 
What are you feeble people? To, even if you do come, even if you do construct the wall, if a fox gets on it, he's gonna knock it down. In the midst of all that, he never listened to that voice, but he heard the voice of saying, "Listen, the mind of the people have, a, have they have a mind to work together." The people are together. God's force. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. He began to focus on the facts. That's why Paul said, think on these things. Your mind can go everywhere, friend. I'm trying to tell you. Your mind can get out there in left field. Your mind can start playing tricks on you and tell you none of this is ever going to happen. Oh, don't listen to what he, the enemy said. They said, you don't got to listen to that fat preacher. You don't got to hear what he's saying. But I'm trying to tell you the truth. That's why Paul said, think on these things. Get your mind centered. Whatsoever is true, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is honest, think on these things. You gotta shut those voices off. Well, you'll never be free. Listen, friend, you can be free if you believe the book. Whom the Son set free is free indeed. Ain't no 12-step program. It's a one-step program. Step in the freedom that he's promised. Well, when that urge comes, you gotta kill that urge. When Jesus said he'd break the back of temptation, he didn't say he would break the back of you being the ability to do it. Right? He said what he'll do is he'll kill that crave, that pull to do it. All right, we're almost done. John chapter 12, verse 28, this is where Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus hears the voice of his father saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. When he heard that, Jesus heard that and others heard God speak, but some thought it thundered. There'll be people to leave this room today, and you know what they heard? They heard thunder. They heard a racket. Some will leave here today and said, you know what? I realized that my, my five senses has been killing me. It's probably why I ain't walking in more than what I should be walking in. I got to get this check and get it in line. Hello? I'm talking to me. We run into this individual. Let's just say he was a client. Let's just say that. A first thoughts happened to me was, I'm going to be broke. I'm going to be broke. I know what it's like to be broke. I don't like being broke. <laughs> broke ain't fun. And then Matt looks at Stanton. He said, you better pray ain't broke either because we can't eat Longhorns no more. Because <laughs> I foot the bill. <laughs> but you know what? That's a lie. That's a lie. That's not, that's not reality. If God gave me something, he gave it to me. God's not an Indian giver. Come on now. I said, God's not an Indian giver. And anything he chooses, he chooses to remove from my life, that means greater's coming into my life. Mind the book. And Mark says this, that we don't leave brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, houses, nor lands for my name's sake that you will not receive what? A hundredfold in this life. I said in this life and in the life to come. So there's some blessings in this life coming because of the obedience that you chose to do. Hello? In this life and the life to come. 
So when God starts bringing increase, if he removes something from my life, let's say a level of income, if he removes, if he removes $20 from my life because I hold it like this, it all belongs to him. But it's amazing how secure we are. We say we're secure in him, but we really look to that employer. Right? And so I told Catherine, I said, I'm amazed at what I, I'm, I'm amazed at what I truly believe. Because you, when you bumped into you, you show what you truly believe. That's when, when we get bumped, the Christianese no longer works. God reveals the heart. And I said, man, I've got, I, I looked at Stanton. I said, I've got fear in my life. I'm 200 and too much pound and ate up with fear. I said, this is a lie that I believe. And I said, I've got, I I got to go to a place of prayer to break this lie off my life. This is killing me. Ready? I'm almost done. Look at your neighbor. Say he's almost done. He's finishing in the next 45 minutes. Man, you got to go above what you see or hear. It's greater than that. I think about this. I think about T.D. Jakes. You know that when he was in West Virginia, everybody in his church told him, he said, you do, not, you do not need to become a preacher. They said, listen, you cannot preach, man. You speak with a lisp, and nobody's ever going to desire to hear you because you have the lisp. What if he would have believed that? You would never see a potter's house out in Dallas, Texas, that 30,000 people gathered to hear that man with a lisp. And anybody that says he can't preach... I would say this in a nice way is absolute idiot. Because <laughs> he could preach. God chooses the weak to confound the wise. Uh, the last thing you've got to overcome is taste. Second Kings chapter 4. Let's look at this. Second Kings four. Look at verse thirty eight. And Elisha returned to Gilgal, and there was a famine in the land. Now the sons of the prophets were sitting before him, and he said to his servant, Put on the large pot and boil stew for the sons of the prophets. So one went out into a field to gather herbs and found a wild vine and gathered from it a lap full of wild gourds and came and sliced them into the pot of stew, though they did not know what they were. Then they served it to the men to eat. Now it happened as they were eating the stew that they cried out and said, Man of God, there is death in the pot. And they could not eat it. So he said, Then bring some flour and put it in the pot and said, Serve it to the people that they may eat. And there was nothing harmful in the pot. Alamite, you play right there for me just for a second. Some minor chords. We're going to sing this song. Wake up, Jesus. No, ready? Couldn't eat the stew because there was death in it. Taste of death. Sometimes there's a taste of death on a lot of things in our life. From our marriage, our finances. Nothing can possibly be too far gone. 
But when they taste that death in the pot, he said, would you bring me the flour? Will you bring me some meal? I believe this represents the Word of God. You just need one word put back in that situation. This is good, y'all. Lazarus just needed one word, come forth. Just need one word. And this taste that has been, it ain't very tasty right now. If we all be honest in this room, there's been times in our marriages that ain't been very tasty. Come on. Right? You've had to cast your love, bestow your love upon She's saying yes in Jesus' name. Wait, wait, real? Mr. Billy, you and Allergene been married for 86 years. Now I'm cutting up, but a while. And Mr. Tom, there's been times that it ain't always been lovely, but you've been committed. Right? And so we taste death in the pot. He said, bring me the meal. Bring, bring me something. Let me put a little bit of word into this situation and the taste of death will no longer be there. That's all we need is a little word. One word, right? For the Bible says this in Psalms 34 and 8, it says, Oh, taste of the Lord and see that He's good. Maybe what's missing is the Lord is in your situation. Well, my marriage is not great, but what's missing is God's not the centerpiece. That's why you taste death. My finances don't taste good. Well, maybe God's not the centerpiece. Hello? My relationships get, 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 get messed up. Well, maybe Jesus is not the centerpiece because the Word says, Oh, taste of the Lord and see that He is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in Him, Psalm 34. I'm going to finish with these two stories right here. I'm going to tell you one first and I'll, I'll see if I tell you the other one. In 19... 76, 77, 78, 79. There was a young man that was really starting to get the stage. I mean, I'm talking about the big stage. And God was using this man and he and his wife and, you know, a lot of promises coming forth over their lives by the name of Keith Green. How many's ever heard of him? And Keith um, was, man, receiving these promises that you know that God's going to shake young people all over. I mean, God's going to use you to impact young people all over the world. He was scheduled to go to ORU uh, University and speak to, a, 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 you know, just an auditorium full of young people. And in the fall, and in Ju- July the 20, yeah, I think it was July 28, 1982. Forgive me if I missed the date. It was in July of 1982. Keith had some friends. God, they had moved their ministry to Garden Valley, Texas, and they bought this 160-acre ranch, and they had acquired a, a, a small plane, and they had this this family of missionaries, a husband and wife, and four children, um, and the, the the missionaries and the four children wanted a wanted a plane ride, and said, you know, would you fly us over the ranch, you know, and let us see it, and so Keith, along with two of his children. A uh, little girl named Bethany and a little boy uh, boarded that aircraft with the family of six, and they got up in the pilot, and the tra- and the plane got into some trouble and went down, crashed, and it killed everyone on that aircraft. So, what do you do? Turn her up a little bit. I want that music to pick up just a little bit. So, what do you do when you got a promise and it and it dies? I mean, I mean, God said that this man was going to impact. I mean, that was, it was declared. 
It was declared as the word of the Lord that God was going to use Keith Green to impact the lives of young people all over the world. And now what do you do? I mean, he's 28 years old, God. I mean, he's 28 years old. Not only did he die, I mean, he died with his his son on one side of his lap and his daughter on the other side of his lap. His wife had a one-year-old child and she was pregnant. I mean, a a few uh, weeks pregnant with another child, their fourth child, when the plane went down. And she calls Leonard Ravenhill. And she said, Keith is gone. She said, he died in a plane crash. She said, Keith is gone. And Leonard Ravenhill spoke through the phone and he said, unless a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it remains alone. But if it dies, it will bear much fruit. And said that his ministry will bring more fruit from the ground now than if he ever was alive on the earth. I feel God coming in this building. What do you do when the promise seems dead? It seems over. I mean, I've stood on it. I put my neck on my feelings. I put put my foot on on everything and the promise still seems dead. I'm telling you, anything that is ever born of God cannot die free. And listen to me. It's an eternal seed. God, I feel God up in this building. What do you do? He's dead. Leonard said, left a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it remains alone. Jesus knew that. That's why he said, listen, it's better that I go away. I'm going into the ground, but I'm only going to be there three days, friend, and I'm going to resurrect. And this grain that falls into the ground is going to produce much fruit. There was a young guy at OR University, ORU University, that could not wait till Keith got there. He believed that God was going to give him an impartation of the, of the anointing and the presence that was on Keith Green's life. That man's name was Ron Luce. He has a ministry called Acquire the Fire. Who's ever heard of that? It's all over the globe. Where is Ron Luce now? But he's in Garden Valley, Texas at the very land that Keith and Melanie Green bought. And from that place that Keith Green set out, the word of the Lord has come fulfilled over his life that God is impacting young people all over the world because that's where teen mania and acquire the fire is. On the very ground that he went down in, God resurrected that revival. Friend, I'm just telling you, you've got to have faith to believe against all odds. You've got to stay at a place of faith and fight the good fight the faith. I don't care what your body's telling you. If God says you were going to do it, you're going to be here. I don't care how old you are, Anna. God said you would see the birth of the Savior. Just lay in the temple and pray. I don't care how long you want to give up, Simeon. God said you're not leaving the earth and you're not going to die until you see the glory. Hello. We have got to raise the place of faith up to where where we're at. Bob Jones said that he would live to see the beginning of a one billion soul harvest. He's been gone this February. It's going to make two years, ain't it? Two years. So listen, that has already begun. We've just got to believe it's doing. we got to believe it, church. Stand up with me. I'm going to pray over you. Raise your hands right here in a, round, in a place of faith. You've got to believe every promise that God spoke over your life. Every promise that God spoke over your life. Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media.